and welcome to the And One More Thing podcast. I'm Colton Moore. It is Monday afternoon after a great football weekend. Sorry about uh, Friday. There was no no episode from me. The drive home was a little bit rainy, so I didn't want to divert my attention too much. And I just drove that day and, and didn't worry about uh, this. But anyway, here we are. We're back. Uh, and boy, what a weekend it was. Uh, an NFL Sunday that uh, one for the history books as far as I'm concerned and quite literally one for the history books as far as the results but first things first let's talk about the old uh, Fitzmagic in Tampa Bay I've always liked Ryan Fitzpatrick the Harvard educated journeyman quarterback he uh, backed up the Texans um, admirably when Matt Schaub went down uh, several years ago and he's kind of been bouncing around here and there. He played in Buffalo for a little bit with his big old grizzled beard. And uh, he outdueled Drew Brees uh, this past weekend and trying to earn that Spartans, that starting spot over the top of Jameis Winston. Uh, I would say good luck for that, but you got three more weeks to figure, or at least two more weeks anyway, to figure it out while uh, Jameis is still on his suspension. Um, I mean, that was just a, that was a great game. And they, what was it, 48 to 40? New Orleans and Tampa Bay, and that's the the highest scoring, highest combined score of a kickoff weekend game uh, ever. So I'm pretty sure it's ever. So that's uh, like I said, quite literally one for the record book record books. Um, we had uh, Nathan Peterman getting the start in uh, in Buffalo. Back to Buffalo here and uh, subsequently got benched because he's awful and everybody knows he's awful but the rookie didn't do a whole lot better but at least he's a rookie and uh, you expect that and uh, you know these young guys they got out of their growing pains and that's okay uh, New England tra- uh, I don't know that they trounced but they beat the Texans quite handily which it seems like they play a lot of uh, early season games New England and the Texans Are they in the same conference division? They're both AFC teams, anyway. Maybe they do. I don't know. I don't know the conference over there. Um. Anyway, what else we got going on? We got. Uh, unfortunately, didn't win my pick'em league. Uh, I'm tied uh, with the second most games right, but uh, all three people who are in front of me have the same games picked for tonight as I did as well. So I'm not in the money this week. We'll have to try again uh, this 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 we'll have to try again this week as opposed to last week. Uh, but the old granddaddy of them all, folks, Sunday night football. Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears. The renewed rivalry with the young, up-and-coming Chicago Bears versus Aaron Rodgers and his Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Bears came out. Bears came out guns blazing buddy uh march quick defensive stop khalil mack making his bears debut just going 100 miles an hour uh kicking butt and taking names and uh second 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 drive by the packers third drive by the packers something like that um khalil mack and another guy something like Robertson I think 
That's how little I care for this person. I didn't even bother to remember his name. But they uh, combined for a sack on Rodgers. He kind of went down himself. Uh, but they landed on him. Tweaked the knee. Rodgers goes out of the game with a, with a bad knee. It was third down, so they punt. Um, he doesn't come back on the next series. He's back in the 10. So Brett Huntley comes out. And uh, he does his best. He really does. He tries his best. He made some good throws. Made a lot of uh, young guy mistakes, so it's only his second year in the league. He uh, he came out a year early anyway, by uh, most accounts. So he's still a developmental project. But I think he'll be. A, he's a he's a serviceable backup quarterback. I mean, I don't know. He's no Matt Flynn. Let's put it that way. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, Khalil Mack gets a a strip sack. Then he uh, picks off a screen pass, takes it back to the house, um, and pretty much expended all of his energy. And so it is halftime, and the Bears are up 20 to nothing. And that is the biggest lead they've had over the Packers, period, uh, since like 1948. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, as a Packers fan, I was heartbroken. Uh, somewhere in that second quarter, they... Uh, carted Rodgers off to the locker room he looked like his eyes were tearing up a little bit and uh, folks speaking for all Packer fans here every single one of us thought we were the Browns we weren't going to win a game that's what we thought said this is the worst way to start a season in the history of football getting trolled by the Bears and losing Aaron Rodgers for the season. We thought that's what had happened. Halftime comes and goes. Packers run out onto the field. And you hear an eruption from the crowd. You look back, last man out of the tunnel. Who else but Aaron Rodgers? I said, he's going to give it a go and see how see how his knee feels. So he, uh, we make a defensive stop, I think. Well, it doesn't matter. And uh, then we come back out. Aaron Rodgers plays. He obviously is favoring the left knee. Not trying to put a whole lot of weight on it. Occasionally he's bouncing on it, though. Keeping it locked out, though. But they drive down. Score a field goal. Bears come back. They come down. We hold them to a field goal. We made a stop. Finally, we made a stop. And that was all she wrote, folks, because after that, we scored 21 unanswered points. We uh, made a stop late in the game, like 2.40 left. And I said, thank goodness, folks. 2.40 left. Aaron Rodgers has a chance to take the lead. That's all we needed. I would have been happy had we lost, given that chance. But we had a chance. So they're moving the chains. Boom. Aaron Rodgers throws, and the receiver falls down. And the ball hits Kyle Fuller. Will Fuller? Kyle Fuller. One of the Fullers. One's a linebacker. One's a... I don't know who he hit. Fuller, right in the chest. 
and the game was over for half of a split second and then the ball bounced right back out and he couldn't hang on and it was third down and oh my goodness that was nerve-wracking so Rodgers drops back he's still shuffling around in the pocket he's still evading pressure he stands in there and lets one rip to Randall Cobb who turned up field and just saw nothing but green grass I want to see a close-up of him turning up field there and he turns around because his eyes had to have been his biggest dinner plates, folks. Nothing but green grass, and he just is off to the races. He's got a lead block by Ty Montgomery. Clearing the way for a touchdown with the extra point. We're up 24 to 23, but it doesn't end there. The Bears still got like a minute 50. Goodness. Can the young quarterback Mitch Trubisky bring us back, bring them back for a game game-winning come-from-behind drive. The stuff legends are made of, folks. And they're driving, and it's fourth down. The pass is released. And it's deflected. Game over. But wait, there's a flag on the ground. Roughing the passer. Are you kidding me? Roughing the passer. And they show the replay. And yes, Trubitsky lets the ball go. And then Clay Matthews takes two steps and just gives him one heck of a forearm shiver. The dumbest play I've ever, well, not the dumbest play I've ever seen, but one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen, folks. Gives him a whole new set of downs, moves him up 15 yards. Now we've got to stop him again. And they are flirting with field goal range, folks. They're right at about the 50 yard line. I don't know if y'all saw it. If you didn't see it, you missed one of the best games ever played. That one will be on NFL Classic for a long time. Finally, we get the fourth down. That's uh, it's all or nothing here, folks. There's only 45 seconds left. Packers are out of timeouts. Bears still have two timeouts. Trubitsky drops back. Fumbles the ball under pressure. Packers recover. That's the game, folks. We had to run like two or three plays. We get the fourth down with approximately three seconds left on the clock. Rodgers takes the shotgun snap. Does a, does a two count on the hop and then just hucks it downfield towards somebody. And out of bounds. Game over. We win. Packers win. Oh. And man, my, my chest was thumping until about one in the morning. No, oh, man, that was a... That game will go down in history. It just will. God bless myself. Thank you. Excuse me. But yeah, that was, uh, that was the NFL weekend for us, folks. Um, the first game I watched was uh, Vikings and Niners, and that was a good game. That was fun. Both teams were taking shots downfield. Uh, Viking defense proved to just be too much uh, for the relatively inexperienced Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I like Jimmy G from Eastern Illinois University, uh, just, just down the road from me here, a couple hours away. 
but uh, he got his first loss as a starter in the NFL. It's got to happen sometimes, Jimmy G. Uh, didn't help the fact that you have your uh, you lost two right guards in the course of a game, which effectively was all your right guards, and also your uh, lost your most uh, athletic and best weapon on offense. Uh, and uh, and, uh, and good Goodwin, is that his name? Something like that. Um, but Vikings are going to be tough. We don't know what Rodgers did to his knee even. That's uh, the NFC North. is uh, It's going to be a fun race to watch. Uh, Detroit is always right there in it. Matt Stafford keeps those guys in every game they're in. And uh, shoot, with Rodgers' knee, who knows? I don't know what they put into him in that game, but he was, uh, wasn't feeling a whole lot of pain, that's for sure. Uh, his post-game interview was uh, a little bit funny. The lady asked, oh, what was the injury? He's like, my knee, man. No, I just felt something in it and uh, had a little trouble putting pressure on it, but he went into the went into the locker room, saw the doctor, tried to get it loosened up. He just told him he's going back out there, and he guaranteed he'll play next week. Uh, but we'll see what the doctors say. I'm sure he's getting a whole battery of uh, scans on it today just to make sure. Um, but, man, to be in the depths... As sad as, a, as sad as you can be watching an NFL football game, that's what I was. And then as happy as you can be watching an NFL football game, that was what I was, that's what I was at the end. I mean, it was like a Super Bowl. It really was. Um, at least for me as a Packers fan. Um, I, was about to, I was about to tell him to go sign Kaepernick. I thought Rodgers was done. Go get us a veteran QB. Come on. But he came back, he said today, because he is a bad man. And that's all I got to say about that. Welcome back. I'm Colton Moore. This is the end. One more thing podcast. This is my daily afternoon drive home. And these are my thoughts. Last week, uh, I talked to you folks about Colin Kaepernick and uh, his Nike campaign and basically his whole um, protest and the debacle that's gone on around that. Um, my wife showed me an article written by the uh, wife of a veteran uh, and police officer and uh, it it did raise some good points and I just want to clarify uh, my stance on the topic but first we'll start with uh, her points as I can remember them and uh, her her issue with Kaepernick was not so much uh, she goes yeah you have her, her opening statement was just because you have the right does not mean you are right. Um, and I totally agree with that. Um, Collins' protest, to him, in his own words, is about um, inequality in the justice system. 
and the killing of unarmed black men. And whether or not that is disproportionate to the killing of unarmed men of other ethnicities, other skin tones, um, will be debated and hotly debated uh, regardless of what the numbers say. Um, the fact of the matter is um, white, non-Hispanic, Latino people make up 61% of the population while um, African Americans make up something like 12% of the population. Um, so there's a Uh, that's close. That's probably not exactly right, but that's close anyway. So that's five times a difference right there. Um, but when you get to um, un unarmed, when you get to police killings, pe police killing people, um, they kill only twice as many white people as they do black people. Whether that means they're killing less white people or more black people, I don't, I don't know. But that's what the numbers say. Um, and a lot of that is, I don't like the term institutional race or systemic racism or anything like that, but, um, you go back, there was a, there were the tracks and there was one side and there was another side, you know, um, the African American population typically stayed on was on one side and white population was on the other side and they didn't like people moving up. Um, and eventually there started to be some intermingling there and some moved up and some moved down. And But the one side was always um, less wealthy, lower income. Uh, when people have a lower income, they can't make ends meet, they resort to other ways to do that it's just not everybody but there's people that's just throughout history um if you don't have the means to survive you go get the means to survive any way you have to, any way you can so that leads to more crime and there's uh you know and I'm, I'm talking white families black families uh latino families asian families it's all around the world this is this is the way there's just low-income areas, high-income areas. Low-income areas have a higher crime rate. Uh, and low-income areas have a higher population density um, of African-American African -American families. They just do. And the unfortunate truth is that it's a cycle that won't be broken. That can't be broken. Or will be very hard to break anyway. Because when you're a low-income family, you're a low-income family um, for you know a variety of reasons. But ultimately, there's people who are trying to fix that. And so they are working their butts off. And they're not home because of it. And because they're not home because they're working, they're not home, and so 
there's a lack of supervision of children. Which oftentimes, not every time, oftentimes, um, allows these children to get away with more, makes them become unruly, um, misbehaving class. And so these inner city low-income schools, they don't get the good teachers because, well, they do get the good teachers, rather. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but these kids are harder to educate. And teachers are less likely to stick around because it's difficult. So they don't get the quality of education that the middle class and higher income people get because of circumstances ultimately uh, beyond their control. I mean, ultimately, you're responsible for your behavior, but you're but you can only act within the lens that you were arranged. Your threshold for behavior is formed at three and four years old. And if you don't have the boundaries set when you're that young, they just, those are, the boundaries are your boundaries. For, and you'll try and, it's a lot harder to reshape those boundaries and reform them as you get older. And so it's just, a, it's just a never ending cycle. But anyway, back to uh, the lady. I don't know if there's a point in there. Sorry. Maybe, maybe you found it. I don't know. Like I said, it's, I try, I'm trying to stay on track without looking at notes or anything like that. Just driving and talking. Um, so uh, please forgive my uh, meandering. This lady's made a point about uh, her husband being a veteran and her father-in-law. You know, they military personnel go overseas and sacrifice themselves for your right. And you have the right. But but you still have... Um, you should still have... You should understand what that right costs, is her point, I think. Um, she talks about there's a piece of shrapnel on her dresser. That reminds her and her husband every day how much our freedom costs. And her, I think it was her father-in-law still carries his strap knowing his leg as a reminder of what that freedom costs. It's not freedom, freedom isn't free, right? And so we should be, um, all Americans should be appreciative of that cost. And she, she defended police. She listed off the numbers. Um, and that's where she listed off the number that um, there was five times as many white people as there are black people in this country and only twice as many white people killed by police as there are black people killed by police. So um, she thought that point, she thought that fact ar argued her point that there's not an issue with the killing of, of black people by police, but I, I think it probably went the other direction. But that's... That's not the point. Um, folks, there's... Most police officers are good people. 
But there's corruption in any profession. Uh, this is why we need police <laughs> in the first place. Um, and that's that's the point I want to get across. Um, I don't have a problem with people exercising their right. I have a problem with people being disrespectful to other people. And in my opinion, the organized kneeling during the anthem is not disrespectful. Now, I say that I am not a veteran. Um, I have family members who are. And I have a lot of friends who are. And I've not had this discussion with them. Just it's not been brought up. But I would hope that they signed up to preserve our freedom and to fight for the freedom of others. And I would hope that they would not see the kneeling during the anthem as disrespectful. I would hope they see the sitting and the hanging your head and all that as disrespectful, because I think that is. There's these guys that are sitting on the bench and 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 uh, and and dropping their head or got their back turned or anything like that. That's disrespectful in my book. But if you're kneeling and you're addressing the flag, um, that is still showing respect while also drawing attention to your cause. And, and that's that's my view. That's a decision that was made specifically for that reason. We kneel in prayer, in reverence to the Lord. We kneel uh, before royalty, in reverence, in in respect to those in authority over us. Um, not in America, but historically, we kneel when we propose marriage to show respect to uh, the fiance. Um, when a player is hurt on a football field, we kneel as to not be disrespectful to the person hurt. Um, kneeling in almost every situation is a sign of respect. I don't know why it's been misconstrued uh, in this one situation as something other than that. I just, I don't know. Um, but my my point is to not. I'm not trying to bash anybody. I'm just trying to point out that there is um, some hypocrisy in the outrage. Um, you know, I've seen the meme go around that the same groups of people that are okay with Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the flag uh, were upset when Tim Tebow kneeled in prayer, and I don't think that's accurate uh, for the majority. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that argue both sides, 
But I was okay with Tim Tebow kneeling. I was okay. I'm okay with Colin Kaepernick kneeling, folks. Um. At the end of the day, in the grand scheme of things, in regards to football, we've only done a national anthem since like 2002 for football games. And I'm not sure why we do it anyway. Um, I think it's to, to, I think it's to pay respect for our freedoms that we have that enable us to play a sport that enables people to, to, to play a game for a living. We live in a, in a country that allows that. And that's probably why, but uh, I don't know. I don't know that it's necessary to play the national anthem before a football game. Um, but we do. And that's the world we live in. And again, just to be clear, I think I've started to say this and I've not gotten it out. Um, I have the utmost respect for police officers. Um, I could not do what they do. Same thing with military personnel. Um, Oftentimes, I think about my life and my plan was my backup plan was always to join the military. Um, probably would have begun to the Marines. That's what my, two of my best friends from high school did. And that was my backup plan. If I, I didn't maintain my GPA to keep my scholarship, um, and then later, um, if anything would have ever happened in my relationship with my now wife, we would have broken up or anything like that, I probably would have joined the military. Um, and that's the only reason I didn't, really, because I didn't want to be away from her at the time and I don't want to be very away from my family now um, but there are there's there's times when particularly discussions like this get brought up that I almost feel like a coward for not joining uh, I think it would be I think everybody should have that experience uh, that's what Israel does everyone everybody uh, has to serve two years in the military I think that would be a good a good thing for this country so that everyone knows the cost of our liberties and everyone would receive the training to defend them unfortunately that's not the case but uh, wouldn't be a bad idea and uh, I really do have the utmost respect I think um the men and women who step into the line of fire, whether that be as a police officer or as um, a service member, uh, they are just a little bit better than the rest of us. Just a little bit. Um, and most of them would say, most of them would say they're not. Um, but they are. Most of them, anyway. <laughs> like I said, as in every possession, every profession, um, there's people doing it for the wrong reasons. But uh, anyway, 
that was a lot of that. I love that discussion. I love talking uh, about the way people think, what people believe, and uh, I think it's stimulating, even when it's a slower, slower-paced conversation. Um, and I, that's a, it's one, it's one conversation. I really wish there was a uh, someone to argue against because I like, I like arguing conversations like this. Um, it's easy for me to argue uh, either side. I can typically see and understand the argument from uh, either side of discussions like this, uh, most political discussions. Um, the only one that I can't is abortion, so uh, don't get me started there. And uh, I would also just to uh, put that to rest on this show um, don't justify infanticide it's not a good look folks but other than that I can uh, I can argue uh, both sides of just about every discussion and I enjoy that um, I am a pot stirrer for sure all uh, in the name of conversation I think I think uh, as as do uh, other people I know the more we can dialogue with each other, the better we will be as a country. Um, and we don't have to agree, folks. That's the beauty of it all. We don't have to agree. Um, but if we want to survive, we do have to respect each other. And, and I said that would be the best for our country, the, the, the dialogue. It, it would be best for humankind. Um, more so than our country. I don't really care. Um, ultimately, this country... I'm going to say I don't care. I, I love that I live here. Um, and I'm incredibly blessed to being a United States citizen and I've been born in this country and raised in this country but ultimately kings and kings and kingdoms fade away earthly kings and kingdoms fade away there's only one kingdom that never will and uh, it's not <laughs> it's not the United States of America folks it's the kingdom of God and that's what I try and view that's the lens um, I view I view things through I try to anyway I'm not perfect but I try and shape all my arguments with that realization that my allegiance is to God and God alone and so I'm predisposed to uh, not sing the national anthem and not put my hand over my heart during the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't say the Pledge of Allegiance, folks. I don't. Um, if this country was attacked and I was called upon to defend it, I would. In a heartbeat. Because I am a citizen of this country. And I owe it that much for 
the liberties that I have. But I'm sure there will come a time, as with all great dynasties, where uh, the pure intent gets shifted. And the purpose and the goal is no longer liberty. And there will come a time where my beliefs will not align with the beliefs of this country. And it seems to be getting closer every day. And at such point, I won't. I won't defend something I don't believe in. I just won't. Um, that's why I want what's best for this country. I want to do whatever I can to educate people uh, and to inspire people to keep keep America standing for good more than anything else because there's a lot of people out here like me who can only be pushed so far and uh, when the line is crossed they they won't they won't have they won't have the country's back anymore and I, I hope that we don't get to that point in my lifetime or yours As far as I can tell, we uh, as a country still stand for good. We still want what's best for people as a whole. And we disagree as to what that is. And that's okay. Because what's best for me may not be what's best for you. You can't please everybody, folks. But to try is a very noble thing. And I'm going to stop talking now. Because I spent almost 25 minutes on this topic. Or related topics. And I don't know that I've uh, come to a resolution on anything. But it's been fun. And I will uh, be back with you shortly. Welcome back. I'm Colton Moore. This is And One More Thing. It's Monday afternoon. In the world of sports, they're gearing, gearing up for a doubleheader tonight for Monday Night Football. I will not be watching it. Mainly because I think it's on ESPN, which I don't receive on my uh, digital airwave receiver and also the second game starts at like 9 o'clock and that is redonkulous I'd watch the first one because obviously that would mean it gets over at about 9 o'clock if the second one starts at 9 o'clock but if a game starts at 9 o'clock that means it's not getting over till like midnight 1 o'clock and that just ain't happening folks I gotta be up at 4 in the morning I was up late last night watching that Packers game and it started at 7.20 7.30 and I still pushed my alarm pushed it out an extra 45 minutes and came into work just a hair late it's a joy about my place of work they don't really care what time you come in they want to have an idea when you're going to be in and then as long as you get in your 8 
that's all they really care about. Or really, as long as you get in your 40, is all they really care about. So, hats off to them. Um, but none of that's what I want to talk about this section. We already spent a lot of time on the NFL and uh, I enjoy that last topic. I mean, we the, the pseudo-political, spiritual, what you believe, why you think the way you think, the way of what I think, the way I think. Um, that's my, that's probably my favorite kind of conversation to have, um, because I really think it's meaningful and actually serves a purpose outside of just rambling about, um, the heroics during a football game, quote unquote heroics. Um, but I just want to fill y'all in, in a little bit of, uh, what's going on in my life right now. Um, I've got a one year old little girl in my house, She's my daughter, She's beautiful, um, but she won't sleep. Why won't she sleep? Keep her up all day. She only takes like one nap during the day. She goes to bed at like 7.30, 8 o'clock. She sleeps for about two hours, and then she's up. What's the deal? Babies are supposed to sleep. She's not a little baby. She's a big baby. She's one. She's supposed to sleep. And my poor wife, um, she's been so good to me uh, in that respect because she takes care of her. I mean, the baby only wants her anyway. She's a big mama's girl. But um, Katie will hold her. Uh, She'll roll around in bed on her. Pretty much leave me alone. And I do my best to help out, but I gotta get up a lot earlier. And unfortunately, I probably she gets less sleep than I do. I think, probably, most likely, and she sleeps a lot lighter than I do because she's, she's concerned the baby's gonna fall over the back of the bed or whatnot. And uh, so she doesn't sleep very good, and she has to work all day babysitting kids. And I know it's tough on her, but I really appreciate that she does that. But for real, why won't this baby sleep? Uh, Other things she does, she's so honoring. My son's the same way. He's almost four. Um, So the the one-year-old, you know, she learned to talk a little bit. She learned to walk a little bit. Um, She should be walking by now. She's darn near 16 months old. Um, But she'll take like two or three steps, and then she'll just squat and sit down. Like, what, you just walk. You can do it. She won't just stand there and bounce. She'll just sit down. She's like, I can get where I want to get by crawling. Why would I walk? The other day, she had was holding a backpack in her car seat. So I come around the back door. And you have a backpack. And I wasn't really listening. But then I hear her, like, subconsciously, backpack. And I'm like, did you just say backpack? Tell your mama that you got a backpack. And so she's backpack. Look at that. And you try and get her to tell anybody else, she won't do it. Like, would you just say it? Come on, I know you can say it. My son's the same way. He's so stubborn. And it's unbelievably frustrating. I mean, he's almost four. That's what you get. Comes with the territory, but my goodness, he's so stubborn. 
He, uh, he knows the alphabet. He's known the alphabet since, it, like, since he could talk. We sing it to him while he brushes teeth. He knows it. I know he knows it. But he'll sing it. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, Q, R, S, T, U, V. No, no, that's not how it goes. That's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, element. Oh, okay. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, Q, R. Ah, why do you do that? Just say the alphabet. Same thing with counting. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16, 17. No, it's 14, 15, 16, 17. Oh, okay. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16. No, 15. You forgot 15. He's He understands enough to repeat what I say. And he he's just stubborn. He doesn't do it. Um, I'm hoping they can work some of that out uh, while he's at preschool that he has just started. So, we got that going for us. Sorry, folks, I just took a phone call, and I have absolutely no clue where I was at uh, when I just stopped talking uh, just moments ago to you guys. Um, but I know it was about my kids and how stubborn they are. And uh, when do they grow out of that? Do they ever? Is it like 25 when they grow out of that? Is that when that is? Uh, because I could really stand to have the three-year-old um, start listening that would be great. That would ease the stress in uh, both mine and my wife's life. My wife's life. Like 120%. He's so stubborn. And he doesn't listen. And, uh, I mean, he's three. Almost four. That's what they do. I understand that. <laughs> but there's just got to be a way... To get through to him, like, dude, put your shoes on. We're leaving. Anyway, I don't know. They're great. They're fun. The kids are fun. They are very stressful. And uh, I'm glad I just have the two right now. My wife wants a third one, and uh, I think both her and I would have uh, psychotic breaks if we had a third child. Uh, we, yeah, we just, I don't think that's for us. And uh, she's kind of slowly coming around to that, but not really. She's a little bit sad. She wants to have another baby. But I'm so done. I'm so done. Just, I want them to grow up and be able to, like, have real conversations and to, like, understand consequences and yeah they're going to be stubborn because they're kids and they're people people are just stubborn by nature but at some point they'll be able to be like hey I know I'm stubborn sorry about that I hope I I'm just waiting for that day I know there'll be a day where they don't want anything to do with me and uh, I'm not looking forward to that day Tell my son all the time, hey, you're never too big to come snuggle with your dad. I don't care how big you get. I'll always be right here for you. And I hope he takes that to heart. And I hope he understands that. And I hope he understands that uh, me and his mom want the absolute best for him. 
and that the reason he has to do these things that we ask him to do is so that he can be a uh, well-adjusted functioning member of society when he gets older uh, and still have all of his uh, arms and legs when he gets there and uh, my daughter well she's just she's a big mama's girl um, but she's pretty stinking ornery too and I'm just excited to see them uh, grow into people they're going to be. I think they'll be good people. I hope so anyway. I'll do my best to show them the way. But folks, that's uh that's all I got for today. I'm gonna go watch a high school soccer game. Uh, see my little cousin play goalie. And uh probably talk to you tomorrow we'll recap the football games and hopefully find out some news on Aaron Rodgers' knee we'll see what's really wrong but anyway have a great night peace